So I, I'm trying to look it up, Trav. Look that puppy up. It says the, the, there's a dynasty attached to it. Oh, you know what? The Mergavinian dynasty was ruling a ruling family of Franks from the middle of fifth century oh, until seven fifty one. So yeah, he was still, a Frenchman, wasn't he? Still, that thing can go to hell. So in the Matrix, he they basically were just calling him the Frenchman. The Frenchman. Yeah. <laughs> the Frenchman. Was Jean Reno in something of that nature, or am I just thinking that because <laughs> probably he's maybe Godzilla. I wonder what John Renault's up to. I'm going to look that up too. But no, we were talking about uh, there were a couple of production things from the Matrix he's, Four. He's probably filming something where he you think he's a good guy and then he stabs somebody in the back. That's kind of his deal. In he movies. was he was already getting a little up there in the '90s when he started popping up with a plum. You know, I mean, right. The professional was the first thing that I saw him. But in. he wasn't doing like crazy fight scenes either. So. He just had to like be there and have a cool French accent. Uh, Mission Impossible, he was in that, the first one. By the time he popped up uh, in... So, The Professional, I feel like it got the... Uh, Leon? It got the live, die, repeat treatment where uh, I only ever knew it as The prof- Professional and years later, like, no, no, it's called Leon. Call Leon, Leon, The Professional. Uh, Leon means... The man who saved Paris is in pre-production. <laughs> they should do a movie where he is like a, he's a, a, a principal at a, at a rough school in in the city, and it's called Leon Me. <laughs> Jackass. And he's he's got to save he's got to save like a young girl. Uh, <laughs> I, I I very funny, but I am also <laughs> I am also not not with your premise. Like Jean <laughs> Renault being a grizzled principal. Like basically, just just do the thing they're doing with that new um, Batista movie. Oh yeah, but Jean Reno instead. Like I he's mean, smoking I guess, all the time. I guess technically speaking, that's what the professional was. <laughs> yeah, basically that that movie with Batista was the professional. They just weren't being silly in the professional. It's it's PG. <laughs> Gary Oldman didn't know that he was Gary Oldman was in a different movie. He thought he was being silly. Gary Oldman's usually in a different movie. Yeah. Sometimes it's a way better movie. <laughs> I like The Professional a lot. Despite the very... Uh, the I think we've talked about, like... Uh, God, what is that guy's name? The guy that directed... Anyway, the guy, um, Luke Besson. Mm. I, I, I told you I watched a... Like, a, I, I watched The Professional, like, a year ago or something like that. And it had a like documentary, a you know, so many years later documentary, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of talk about there being more, like, oh, I I wanted to make the movie. I I, I don't know what I, <laughs> I'm doing. A director. He's from yeah. Transylvania. I wanted to make the professional uh, this way. Ah, uh, uh, He he kept talking one about one hitman, two hitmen. The, the Natalie Portman character, I think she was like fourteen, I think at the time. She was pretty young, yeah. But I mean, when you see the movie, there are undertones of she's kind of got a crush on John Renault, right? Right. There's like a French cut of it that that stuff's more, like even more overt. Mm. And they had interviews, I think it was with Bassam, where he like talked that. about, he was talking about how, like, oh, in, in America, they do not get the French relationship they have with the younger. It's just it, the, the Americans, they cannot understand this deep relationship. Are, are we okay, Travis? Travis, are we okay? Uh, I just had Ground my headphones. I had Travis. my headphones on backward, but other okay. than that, we're fine. 
Yeah, the French, so, the French, I guess don't they have different standards? I mean, but the, I don't know. There's also according to Luc Besson. There, anyway. There's a lot of stuff about like Luc Besson's actual wife of you know. It, that stuff doesn't matter. That Sorry, French. It's not your fault, I'm sure. We're talking about The Matrix. We're talking about Jean Renault. You make Jean wonderful Renault? sauces, French. Jean Renault, born the French. In I don't know 19- if we have any listeners in France. Should we cater to the French? Should we cater to the French? <laughs> is he. Ni- so uh, Jean Renault was born in 1948 in Casablanca. Casablanca. Ooh, Jean Renault. Is that Morocco? I- Casablanca, isn't that in yeah. Morocco? French protectorate of Morocco, now just Morocco. Mm. All right. But it was the French protectorate. So he's still French. We might have listeners in Morocco. Okay. I know we do in Egypt. Oh. Yeah. Wow. They got that walk. We've had a lot in Saudi Arabia, I noticed. That's that's interesting. It's very interesting. Yes, okay. <laughs> if you're listening in Saudi Arabia, give us a shout out. <laughs> Anyone give us a shout out. So yeah. Jean Renault, born yeah. in 1948, does that make him 70? 1948? Like 72? Wow, that's older. Yeah, he's 72. Boy, Jean Renault. That's like seven years older than my dad. So yeah, he really was kind of. He was like in his 50s he was, when he was in the professional, right? Well, though, that was the 90s, so that was. That was 20 years ago, right? Am I thinking in Less than 30, no, between right. 20. It's, it's getting... Travis, about 25 years ago. Time and space are a mystery to me. Which brings me to... It's, that's kind of what Doctor Who's built on. The Matrix. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. So, I, the I Matrix was telling 4. You, there were just a couple of... The, there was like a still, like a production shot of, you know, of uh, Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves on a motorbike in Mexico filming. They'll call it Matrix 4. I know you're really waiting for John Wick for Quattro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like I'm, I'm in it. So I had a Travis. Do you want, do you want to have some fun, Travis? Let's have some fun. I had a idea. You had an idea of what maybe. So the big deal was, I we also discussed. We have a very poor memory of what happened at the end of the Matrix series. Yeah, I honestly can't remember who lived and who died. Because the second one is not great, and the third one is, like, the not greatest. I think two and three I've seen one time each. Uh, I might have watched... The first one I've seen probably the second a one, dozen times. The second one has the Burly Brawl, which, for its time, was bananas. The Burly Brawl? That, that scene where he fights all the Agent Smiths. Oh, that yeah. Scene, that scene is referred to... I think it's referred to as the Burly Brawl. Uh, okay. So, I mean, it... It still had that, like, like maybe Matrix 2 was, or excuse me, The Matrix Reloaded. Is Hugo Weaving coming back for The Matrix I don't 4? think Hugo Weaving's coming back. I did not see him on that list, no. Uh, Only, can they can they get... Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is going to be taking over the uh, Hugo Weaving That role. would be funny. Can they get the guy that played uh, the Red Skull in the Avengers movies? <laughs> oh, oh, the are you talking about in Endgame? Yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't Hugo Weaving. Oh, I, uh, I can't remember what his name is. Ghost Red. He's Skull. He's been to Fan X. Ghost Red Skull. Is it the is it the Abe Sapien guy? It's not that guy. Is I it? don't I don't know who played Abe Sapien. In the new ones, you mean? The original one was Doug Jones. It wasn't. Yeah, Doug that's Jones. what I was gonna. Okay, that's no, what I was gonna say. Is Doug Jones? This guy was in The Walking Dead. I can't remember what his name is. Sorry, dude, if you're listening. I. Travis, I have a mechanical device. He's been to Fan X before. 
the guy. I can't remember who. I can't remember. It's like it's his last Lee? name. No, his last. It's like a French Jason last Mimosa? name or something. It's Mark. It's like uh, it's Mark Marin. No, it's like Marquad. I'm only Marquad. Farquad. I don't know. Uh, Marquand. Marquand. Uh, Marquand. Marquand sounds right. We'll call him. Doug. I'm stumbling around this. Or Dan. I think it's a D. Marquand. Come on, I know you can come up with it. He does these uh, little miniature uh, impressions. They're really good. Oh, I love. I like those. Those he, are. Fun. He's been on Doug Loves Movies several times. Yeah, I could, um, yeah. I I like when they do those things. They're fun and, but it, it's it's like with all impressions is like the, it, like just there's something different about people who know, who know. Mm-hmm. No, I get um, it. I get it. Oh, it's Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> I wish. No, no it's, it's not Mark not. Ruffalo. He Let's was doing see. double duty in those movies. I'm going to huh? have to go way down the list. Of yeah, he's not going to be about. at the top of the list of oh, was the it, Avengers. Was it Evangeline Lilly? No, no. Mm. I, I believe she was Wasp. Let's Evangeline see. Lilly. Lovely. Frigga. Uh, not Frigga. Frigga. Friggin. Uh, it's Ross. Uh, Is it Ross Marquand? I got to find the actual character. I think it's Ross Marquand. Oh, my God. He played Red Skull. Too many people were in that movie. I'm going to give myself a high five, just like Diamond Dallas Page. If I get I'm just it right. barely getting down to Bradley Cooper's rocket. <laughs> oh, my criminy. Okay. Josh Brolin was in that movie. There, Travis, I'm prepared to say there were... Oh. General Thunderbolt. Ross. I said Ross Marquand. Uh, I, was, I was trying to find the damn oh, thing. Oh, okay. Travis, you have to... You have to was I right? These things. Yeah, Ross Marquand. Yes. Hang on. Red, High five myself. Red Skull, parentheses, Stonekeeper. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird thing. There there are so many people in that movie. Oh, my. It's hell. a cast of thousands. Much like Ben-Hur of the olden days. Anyway, I interrupted you. What's your Matrix theory? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, things that we know. Part of the, the, the quandary that comes up from Matrix. The Mar- Ross Marquandry? The Ro- Ross Marquandry. <laughs> That comes up from it is that Neo is absorbed into the Matrix at the end. He Jesus is at the end, mm. and like, like I think they still have his bikes. I think that was the thing is he's doing the Jesus poses. They carry his lifeless body away, like he's sucked into the Matrix. Maybe he they put over, him on ice. He like takes over for Colonel Sanders, <laughs> and uh, so here come eat my chicken. Here's the theory. Okay, all the dumb dirt rave stuff that was. Second Matrix. Second Matrix. Matrix Four is, and this is this is how they get out of the phone booth thing. Is Second Matrix all the the dirt rave people thing? That was another Matrix. Neo sucked up through the Second Matrix, and realized, and then woke up and realized, oh dude, it's just the world. It's twenty twenty one, baby. Now one of the things, okay, one of the things about it. There's a small band of... Inceptrix? Inceptrix. So there's a matrix there's a, within a matrix. So the, the whole deal with the matrix is there was a small, like, there was a small knot of humanity left, right? Right. So what if he goes and sucks up through it and realizes, oh, the reason that there was this small knot of humanity left was, okay, we're all hooked up. It's a matrix sequel, sequel prequel of the machines are trying to they're taking the small knot of them and these are the test bed for the bat making them batteries because they even talked about in it 
The first matrix was a paradise, but humans kept rejecting it. So they made a real word, world, but some of them kept rejecting that. So they made a, a dystopia so that they would settle down and have to fight against that. They, they made a matrix This is for the so matrix. involved. I know. Crazy. <laughs> but isn't it so, isn't it like bananas like that? It would be something that bananas of like, they made a matrix for the matrix so that the people that were screwing up the, the, well, okay, Travis, 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 I'm on a roll, baby. Okay. Listen okay. here. So they made I need an matrix. astrophysicist to explain this to me before made, the movie. They made Paradise Matrix that didn't work. So okay. they made Real World Matrix that for still for some didn't work. So they made, you know, they made the Dirt, dirt Rave Matrix. But so they would that that dystopia. So that would happened. be for people who were rebellious and thought, "I've got to get out of this. This isn't real." That dystopia. So they gave them some grimy or that dystopia never happened. They were just trying to keep control of their small test bed because Travis in 2021, what is all the rage with people? Dystopia movies. They're like, dude, they'll settle down. Like everybody's so horny for the for the climate change dystopia. We're gonna make that so they think like, yeah. It happened. They got us. Global warming. They got us. We got to get everybody out of this. Like, they're just sheep in the Matrix. We got to get them out. (laughs) Travis, The Matrix 4 is a prequel sequel. Prequel sequel. Wow. And that's That's the way. very involved. That's the way that you realistically get the characters who died back. Because they never really died. They just just didn't make it out of the the Matrix Matrix. The Matrix Matrix Matrix. Because the first Matrix we never even got to see. By the time that we got to the Matrix, they already were in the Matrix Matrix. I do want to see the very first Matrix, the one that didn't work, the Paradise one. Uh, the very first Matrix is a just an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> 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 you can stay at forever. We don't, we don't get it. It's, it's, a, it, it's an all-you-can-eat buffet where you never get old and you don't ever die. I think they also need to introduce uh, alternate alternate like earths into uh, the matrix travis I did, what if it's the matrix from an alternate earth i didn't think that i would be able to get out my matrix 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 theory and i'm not i'm still not sure i did you got it out <laughs> i just don't know if i got it in <laughs> i was i was like trying i had a you funnel open your mind i was travis. trying i was trying oh my gosh mind. there was but, a lot of information there but that's the thing is like how do you but ba- kind of seriously based on that how do you get Keanu Reeves back when the whole point of the end of the Matrix what was the so it's reloaded and then revolutions I think revolutions how do you get Keanu back from revolutions when the whole point was like like I said his consciousness was absorbed into the Matrix I honestly couldn't remember what the ending was so Matrix 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 maybe he couldn't remember the ending anyway maybe he was like did I die in that oh well (laughs) Or just the, he's heavens, just, uh, the heavens open up. And he's just remaking all of his old movies. Yeah, when are we going to get Johnny Mnemonic to? I was going to say the heavens open up and uh, a phone booth comes out and he, Neo comes out. No, dude. When do we get dude? When do we get the Devil's Advocate to? Oh boy, I've never seen that, but I've heard all about it. Uh, it is the most Al Pacino. It is who was who was the woman in that? It wasn't Charlize Theron, was Couldn't it? Tell you to save my life. The things I remember the. Like, the only thing I remember about The Devil's Advocate was, like, this vague miasma. It was of late how, 90s, right? I, you know what? Hey, Trav, guess what we can do? We can look things up. My memory of 
of the devil's advocate was this miasma of uh, Al Pacino. Miasma? What is miasma? Is miasma a Matrix character? <laughs> the, the miasma was... Uh, no. Uh, I'm trying to type and talk at the same time. But um, th- this kind of... This miasma, kind of vague... that's who played Blossom in the, the 90s, right? Yes. Miasma Bialik. <laughs> The this this vague cloud, uh, yeah, it's ninety seven. This vague cloud of just how Pacino he is. Who was in it? Al Pacino, Keanu Reeves, and who was the woman in it? Uh, I'm looking at it. Yeah, Charlize Theron. Wow. Oh boy, you know Charlize what? Theron has been around for. 23 years it at least. It feels a little on the nose that the devil's advocate, the fourth person down, is Jeffrey Jones. Uh, <laughs> Judith Ivey, Connie Nielsen. Typecasting. Oh, Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Tamara Tooney, Ruben Santiago Hudson, Deborah Monk, Vito Rugens. You know, uh, Craig T. Nelson was a stand up comedian at one point. Get out of here. Yeah, that's how he started out. <laughs> I mean, he. Like in the he, 70s, I he think. He kind of came, he came through a sitcom sure why not pre-poltergeist craig t nelson was funny apparently i know i know tim allen was a stand-up comic but i cannot get it in my head how he could have an act i mean his act was kind of like men are different than women and men are dumb like that kind of thing that was that was his act and they turned it into tim the tool man taylor basically yeah i guess you're right that was that was perfect for the 90s i mean you can't deny that that was a successful show. In fact, I'm surprised when they canceled Man with a Plan that they didn't bring back. You're talking about Last Man Standing? Oh, yeah. Man with a Plan is Matt LeBlanc. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, there's a lot of man shows. Um, so I've been at work, and there, there was like a week or two at work where the channel on the TV was Home Improvement. Mm-hmm. That show is so... It's bad. It's yeah, really bad. at the time, it was fine. I'm I'm missing the gene that enjoys sitcoms that way, but I oh boy, I remember a point where I would just kind of sit through the show to get to where he screwed something up while he was on tool time, and it, that was funny. It well um uh wh- wh- who was his sidekick on that? It was uh Al Borland. I don't I don't remember some I can't remember the, na- that, the actor's name. That guy name. was actually good. That guy was really good. And then you had the neighbor. That guy was. Good for what? What was the neighbor's name? Uh, Wilson. Tiny face. It was Wilson. Uh, So Pamela Anderson was on it. Yes, you are correct. Uh, So the thing that it boiled down to is I don't know how he and his wife ever even got together. Every (laughs) because every episode are complete opposite sides of the world. It's like he wants to work on a car and drink beer while rubbing beef jerky on his nipples and like. (laughs) an episode of raw is on and all she's going is like, Al, we're supposed to go to the opera. It was Tim. Oh boy. I'm having married with children. No, it's like, Tim, I told you we were going to the opera today. Al was his assistant on the show. Are you insinuating that Al was having an affair with Tim's wife? No, she had it. He had on home improvement. Is that how she was trying to improve her home? Yeah. Home. But, uh, yeah, so that show. So The Devil's Advocate, what I remember is Al Pacino being his most Al Pacino-iest. I remember, I remember, I remember, but I also remember like the moment where, spoilers for Do you think he was trying to pick up the energy for Keanu? 
I I don't really remember how Keanu. I, but, Are but that's, you the devil? Keanu, oh, I'm the devil. But Keanu is also. I think he's also just supposed to be a pretty straight laced guy in it anyway. Keanu just. I mean, and I'm not knocking him because I really love the John Wick movies, but I mean, John Wick besides the fighting is just kind of like he's a he's a man of few words. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a man of action. He's an he is the action man. Right. <laughs> but uh, the two things I remember Pacino as the. Oh, He's an absentee landlord. <laughs> and at the end when Keanu shoots himself. Spoilers. The way, the way, when he freaks out. I haven't and seen it. The, it's, it's 1997. <laughs> but uh, I, I It's on my I, to-do list. I'm going to look up Devil's Advocate and see where it's streaming. Cause my I to-do really, list is at least 35 years old. When I was seven, I was like, I should probably make a list of things I need to do. Yeah. Lists, they help us all. Hoo-ah. Have you been watching Lego Masters? No. It's kind of fun. I'm not going to go super deep into it. Oh, but I can see you're how that totally up. would be. The last one I watched, uh, they had to build something that with a space theme and then destroy it, <laughs> which was fun. So they had three categories. It was either uh, Will Arnett hit it with a baseball bat. <laughs> How's Will or, Arnett on it? He's funny. The energy I got from the trailers is he's trying really hard. I think he's playing. He's kind of he sarcastic and he's kind of like behind the scenes, fourth wall. Like, oh, okay. this is what we do in a reality show now. Okay. I'm going to walk over and I'm going to ask him a question to try to get them to react exactly how I want them to. And then he goes over and does it and gets them to argue and stuff like, or he breaks up arguments. (laughs) But yeah, it was, uh, he either hit him with a baseball bat or they dropped him from a mezzanine or, uh, they had, uh, explosives inside. So they would blow it up and then watch it in slow mo. It's kind of fun to watch. Yeah. It's basically like a cooking show, but they're building Legos. I you know I could see that being fun like you've told me the the movies that make us sounds really fascinating I just I've just been on a kick of watching I've been on a kick of eating my vegetables movie wise <laughs> and like documentary stuff sounds really fascinating I just when I sit down I don't ever get around to it right no I get it all right what were you looking up I I think I I think I may have exhausted my looking up in this okay. Something to do with devils, the devil's advocate. I think I was just, I, I was looking up where it was streaming and it's not streaming oh. anywhere. Oh, well. Or, or at least it's streaming places, but you got to buy it. You got to pay for it. I'm not super into spending money on the devil's advocate right yeah, now. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. So I guess speaking of, I don't think this counts as vegetables. I watched Ladybird. Do you know Ladybird? Uh, I know Have of you heard it. I know it's it? streaming all over the place and. I, I've never watched it. A good friend of mine has been uh, speaking the virtues of Ladybird a lot, so I decided to sit down and watch it. Hey, it's really good. It deserves the accolades it's getting. So what I love the most, because it's just, it, this is a, a slice of life movie in that like not much really even happens. <laughs> it's more or less the span of maybe a year in a teenage girl's life. Okay. Like just Just teenage things happen to her. Nothing earth shattering or nothing nothing what you would say outright life changing it's just things like getting boyfriends them being shitty to you uh you know wanting to wanting to go to college out of state and having your family financially and just kind of emotionally being against it and 
probably my favorite, it's not even probably, my absolute favorite thing about the movie is all of the teenagers in it are very realistically terrible in their own way. <laughs> Some of them are just plain terrible, but even like, even the titular Ladybird character, it, there are aspects of her that are really crappy that are just very spot on for how a teenager will be like crappy in a way that they just, they just don't have enough, like they're frustrated and being shitty in a way of, I don't really have enough life experience to either a kind of understand what I'm understand the depths of what I'm talking about, but B I'm being hurtful because I just don't have enough life for life experience to understand how casually hurtful I'm being. I think teenagers inherently, and I was the same way and I might even be that way still now as a 42 year old. I think there's teenagers that either want to be cool or there's teenagers that want to be like interesting and introspective. So I'm, it sounds like instead of like a, I don't know, I'm trying to like American Pie type movie. This is kind of like the, we're introspective teenagers. We like to examine life. No, that's, there is a character, there's like a boyfriend that she has that's like very, very, very like put on intellectual of like, she'll get up, she'll get reasonably upset about something and he'll start talking about like, do you know how many lives have been lost in Iraq and shit? She'll be like, <laughs> you can be sad about other things. Right. Like there, it just because it's just because it's not war level doesn't mean that I don't feel sad about something. Yeah. And it's, you know, like the, you know, the, there's that, you know, faux intellectual there's, you know, it, it, it's just, like I said, all of the teenagers in it have a streak of terrible that is just, it's just so authentic. Mm. Also, uh, Laurie Metcalf is in it of, of Roseanne fame, mm-hmm. which kind of, t- oddly enough, it's not like it's not like she looks vastly different, but they just she's portraying the character of the mother so well that it's like I kind of, I just kind of took the uh, my eyes off of who this was of like not recognize her. Uh, okay. Other than her, I don't know that. Other than I mean, there's a lot of young people in it that probably have had vast careers at this point. I think that's a sign of a good actor. Yeah. yeah. When you stop seeing them as Laurie Metcalf. Or Leonardo DiCaprio, and you start seeing him as the character they're playing. Do you? Okay, that that's a good question because I never ever lose Leonardo DiCaprio, and it might I be, do. I think part of Leonardo DiCaprio's is Leonardo DiCaprio definitely super has Patrick Stewart disease. That <laughs> even though he's getting like mad wrinkles on his forehead, it's like you just look like a you look like a twenty three year old who's drawing lines on their head. Uh, I think if you look at Leo, if you looked real close at Leo now, and like say. Titanic. There's there's a you're, pretty good difference. You're right. You're you're absolutely he, right. He does. I mean, he's what he's he's older. He's like 45. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's so for 45, he looks pretty great. No, Travis. But, but I, that's look at kind Brad of Pitt. I'm, Brad Pitt's like 50. That's kind of what I'm. But Brad Pitt looks like a. That, that's what I'm saying, Travis. Is he's Leonardo? They're drinking DiCaprio, the blood of virgins. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> not only does is he aging well, but he also just he has a a structure that looks too young. So I always have a hard time buying, like he's spectacular actor, mm-hmm. spectacular actor. Just there, there. And maybe, maybe I used to be really down on Leo, Leo. Like there was rumors that he was going to play Anakin Skywalker. And I was distraught. I was well, like, no, not him. Anybody, but him. It's what's happening with Robert Pattinson now is right. Uh, we, we don't want to let him graduate from heartthrob. Well, I don't think he was ever in heartthrob character or category for me. 
Because I thought those movies, Robert Pattinson. Oh, well. But, I thought those movies were ridiculous. And I've seen him in other things, and I was like, well, that guy can act. He's he's a good actor. We keep I'm not playing. gonna I'm not gonna judge him by the Twilight movie. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we should do with most people. With most right, most actors, we should like actors for the most part. I guess all, all of them deserve chances as long as they're acquitting them. So like Robert Pattinson seems to be just mostly good. Mm-hmm. You know, he just. Most of the people in those movies got out of those movies and just started being great. Yeah, Kristen Stewart's tearing it up, too. I mean, she's doing a lot of stuff. I kind of want to go back and watch those, actually, and just kind of watch just the performances. Because Anna Kendrick's in it. Yeah. She played the best friend. There was all sorts of people in it that have done things now. Yeah. So I kind of want, like, uh, what was I watching? Oh, it was... uh, Episode two and three of Star Wars. That was kind of the parallel I was going to make is those movies are maybe just, you know, directing was maybe not entirely spot on with that. Yeah, because what I kind of focused on Hayden Christensen's performance, and I don't think it's bad. I know people kind of made fun of him and called him wooden or something like that. I think he was fine. I think he just didn't have much to work with. And I think, I think the was- angle they took with him and Padme was creepy. But I, I, I kind of get that, well, he's Darth Vader. He's supposed to be that. But at the same, same time, she was like seven or eight years older than him in the movie. So I kind of think it would have worked better. I've said this before. If she was the one trying to tempt him into, you know, being his girl or his boyfriend or whatever. I don't know. I think that would have been better than, was... than him being a creeper. How about we even say this? Killing killing the, children is one thing, but being a creep is a different thing. The initial premise that Jedi are celibate, <clears throat> celibate can't have love stuff, that was probably the first mistake. I agree. Not from, for sure. From there, you end up having to set up flim... Well, making it that... I think Jedi that was before are, all of the, the priest stuff came out, too. Uh, oh, the, you talk... What priest? Like in there? real life. Oh, you know, priests. Oh, priest. I thought bad, you said priest bad stuff. Priest stuff. Yeah. No. I mean, there's that, but it's just... Maybe celibacy doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. The the Star Wars franchise was never really built for a... Was never, it just wasn't built for that, baby. It wasn't yeah. built for that, baby. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm distracted because this IMDb page has a uh, splash for something that I didn't know that was happening, which was an Im- the Impractical Jokers movie, and I'm just depressed now. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? There's people that are huge fans of that. They can sell out arenas, so Look, I'm not. I'm not going to knock it. They made it's the Jerky fine. Boys movie. They're not mean. They're not. They're not like the Jerky Boys. You can't compare them to that. <laughs> Just uh, they're not malicious in what they. That's do. what's been on in the break room lately, and I am not a fan. I mean, I have a hard time watching it because I don't like confrontation and like. Like, even the early seasons of The Office, I would feel... And that's 100% scripted. You're not big on cringe. But yeah, the the cringy uncomfortableness, like, it gets to me. So that's one reason I can't watch Impractical Jokers. I have tolerance levels. Like, uh, I really like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I've watched a little of that with Gabe. And Gabe, my son Gabe, he really, really has, like, a, a really you know, strong reaction to cringe stuff. That's so ridiculous though. It doesn't bother me. That, and, and that's probably what it is for me. But like I've had people 
recommend heavily recommend like Nathan for you is amazing. Um, hmm. from what I understand of the premise of it is like, I, I don't think I can handle that. Like the first and second season of the office was realistic enough that it got like, it made me uncomfortable. But then when it got super silly, it was fine. It didn't bother me anymore. Yeah. But I think the same with it's always sunny is it's so ridiculous and they're so like, they're all sociopaths so bad <laughs> that it doesn't really, it doesn't bother me. I really love that show. It is funny. I'm uh, like but, four seasons in. But I think. like my, I think my biggest problem with at least the little bit that I've, I've let my eyes fall upon in practical jokers is the premise of who are these people that when they're sitting in a park and some <laughs> guy comes out in a karate gi and he has like, um, he has garbage can lids strapped to his feet and he's got a, like a nosebleed thing in his nose and he sits down next to them heavily and goes, boy, I'm having a bad day. Who are these people that don't immediately look at, look at him and go, oh, so this is, some, this is some BS for the internet or for TV, right? I think Who are probably, the people that look at him and go, wow, really, that happened I think that's you? probably why they had to stop doing it is because it's just people probably know better. But I think when they first started doing it, uh, I don't know. People, I think most people are nice and want to be accommodating and will put up with a certain amount of abuse before <laughs> they push back. That, like I would too. I've, I've been in plenty of situations where I'm like this, why am I even going along with this? I have, and, and I'm, I'm just trying to be nice, but this person's insane. This or, is perhaps the height of cringe of like any kind of internet prank videos. Yeah, the premises are usually just so outlandish that when people kind of react genuinely to it, I'm like, "Who are these people?" <laughs> I think it's just regular people that are just trying to go through their day. I don't right. know, Travis. They need to wake up. They need to wake up out of the matrix and get to the real world. Maybe that's it. Maybe we're in the matrix. <laughs> which which level of matrix are we in? Apparently, we're in Matrix Two, <laughs> not Matrix. We're only one. in Matrix Matrix. Yeah, not we're matrix, in Matrix Matrix. We're in the middle matrix. It's like middle management. We kind of know a little bit more than the bottom ones, but we don't know from what the top. If you set up, if you set up that premise for Matrix, 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 I mean, in a way, impractical Matrix. In Patrick, <laughs> 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 that's the other part of it. That uh, uh, did you did you ever listen to the Bob and Tom show on the radio? Yeah, I remember Bob and Tom. The yeah. way that they unnaturally laugh about everything always <laughs> grabs on me. Someone was like, "Hey guys." Check out these hooters, and then just everybody in the room. There's a certain amount of people that hear that and go, okay, yeah, you're definitely put that on. But there are some people that just laugh along. It's like a it's a punchline indicator, basically. Yeah. Some comedians have a hand motion, or they'll pick up the mic stand and drop it, or or they go, ah, ah, like Fozzie Bear <laughs> at the end of every joke. And once you notice a punchline in indicator, it's hard not to notice them. Oh, no, I get you. I just, I like the idea of making the biggest, most flamboyant flourish <laughs> out of it. Just start doing jumping like jacks. Just, do, just doing a giant pirouette at the end of your joke. Ta-da! <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that, that was uh, the Impractical Jokers has that thing that at Every every little turn, they just lose their business over every little thing. I guess for them, it's probably that they're making their friends do this, and it is hilarious for them who knows that person. Right. 
it's harder for me to get into. Yeah, I, it's not my cup of tea either, but I don't, you know, if people like it, whatever. Think over. I'm hurting my throat like I did last week from trying to impersonate that laugh. <laughs> Ooh, boy. So guess what? I, I finally saw Jojo Rabbit yesterday. What was your take on Jojo I Rabbit? I was very conflicted on Jojo Rabbit. I thought, at first I thought the whimsicalness was kind of fun. And then there was like real consequences in the movie. And I was like, well, that's kind of, uh, doesn't jive with the whimsical stuff. And then all of a sudden there's real consequences to what's about, happening. Are you talking about shoes? Yeah, shoes. <laughs> SJ's shoes. That came, That came. yeah, that brought things to a bit of a... Well, boy, like, post that, it... I probably shouldn't interrogate this because we'd have to get in some real spoiler things. I feel like JoJo is fresh enough, especially coming off of it being nominated. That, right. Where it's just barely out, I think, for streaming and stuff like that, so... So, I guess the big thing, I came out with maybe complicated feelings of lovable Nazis... There's a, there's also a lot of they were they they definitely I, made them goofy. Please do not do not misunderstand. I really enjoy that movie. I enjoyed but it. I came I came out of it with a feeling of like, boy, they they kind of they do some deep dive on sort of the some really bad like cartoonishly bad rhetoric about like what Nazis think Jews are, but I didn't it can be hard where it feels like it's I guess I think we talk about there's a certain type of person that could go into that movie and go, yeah, hilarious, and not really like that stuff is that stuff was real and it's horrible and they're being silly right. about it and I can kind of get into that, but there's a complicated feeling of like there were people who went to that movie like yeah Jews really are funny and this movie gets it. Just got the wrong idea about it, you mean? Yeah. The wrong point of view. I don't know. I think that would be hard to to not see because they you see like the hurt. It, it's Elsa, right? The girl. I I, I, I believe her name was. I, I think it was Elsa. Outside of Jojo and Hitler, I don't think I remember <laughs> any of the names. But you definitely see. She's kind of the spokesperson for Nazis in that movie. You can see the pain. You can see. You know, she talks about her family went to a place where people don't come back from. So, you, you know, they went to a concentration yeah. camp, you know, when she talks about her boyfriend, you see the real like bad stuff that's going on in the world through her, even though Jojo's just kind of like skipping through town and, you know, <laughs> throwing out, throwing out the mad Hiles. Yeah. And, and the Nazi characters are goofy, but then, you know, I mean the Sam Rockwell one. So, Maybe the the Sam He's Rockwell one sort of redeemable. The Sam Rockwell one is maybe one of the more difficult things because he's not redeemable because of his personality. He's redeemable because of his actions in the movie. The, I guess it's maybe there there are aspects of the movie that hey look you got to make a movie you have you have the time you have to make a movie. Mm-hmm. There are aspects of like so Sam Rockwell's character is more redeemable because. He has his own thing that Nazis wouldn't be cool with. That he right. definitely is, but he also does things to help out the protagonists of the, of the movie. You know, he does things against what the Nazis are trying to do right in front of the Gestapo, by the way. It, it, and they, if they would have done their job properly, he could have been in trouble right there too. It was just, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to give I it just, away. 
I he's have, checking papers. He he volunteers to check the papers. I have so the Gestapo guys can't. I have complicated then, feelings about a movie that I really like. Right. Yeah. It was de- it was a complicated movie. So I enjoyed it. Taika Waititi is hilarious. And when he you they can, burn they burn their PG thirteen in a really great way. Yeah. It, here's the thing about the Hitler character. I don't think if if people were upset about it, the way I look at it is he wasn't just whimsical, fun Hitler. He was manipulating the kid. And he was a ma- an imaginary character, but the whimsical side of him was definitely trying to manipulate Jojo throughout the movie. Yeah. And then when Jojo starts to see the problem with what's going on, Hitler very quickly turns, does a 180, and Hitler's right out. Hitler's Hitler. <laughs> but again, they at the end they they get their P, they earn their PG thirteen in right. a really fun way. Oh, I mean, th- there was a lot of like gunshots and stuff like that too. But well, yeah, but you get you get your one F right, word. right. So, but so, uh, but it was a good movie. I I enjoyed it. Spectacularly good young actors. Yeah, I really like the the little uh, God, what was the little chubby kid? I can't remember his name in it. I just uh, saw it yesterday. Look down the list here. Uh, Archie Yates as Yorkie. Yorkie, that yeah, Yorkie, and and he was kind of like was convinced the whole time. Like, there's no way that's not Nick Frost's kid. I told my wife, I was like, they should play young Nick Frost and young Simon Pegg in a movie. Yeah, <laughs> that would be hilarious. But it, like, dead serious the whole time, I was like, there, this absolute, there's no way this isn't Nick Frost's kid. It's not Nick Frost's kid. Nope, he was great in it. I mean, Scarlett Johansson was great in it. The the girl that played, I want to say Elsa, was great in it. That would be... Pretty much no bad performances in it. I'm not sure how Stephen to pronounce Merchant the name. Stephen Merchant was good in Thomasin it. Thomasin McKenzie? Thomasin? The Stephen Merchant character was, like, I think oh, he... Her, I was convinced, was Jodie Foster's kid. <laughs> no, I could see that. No, I could see that. I think Stephen Merchant's character should have been just uh menacing i don't think he should have been had a light-hearted side to him in my opinion you could almost kind of get away with sam rockwell and um you know all, all the people that are working with the the kids because maybe oh they're kind of chipper we'll put them with kids because it was basically like summer camp yeah but they're teaching them to be nazis but i think the gestapo guys Especially considering what the consequence of their actions was, they should have been menacing and not likable. Yeah, you know what I mean. Maybe no, I get you. I get you. But I could, like Rebel Wilson, I could kind of get like she's working with kids, and she's kind of a moron hey, in the movie. <laughs> Rebel Wilson performance. She never fell down. That's true. You didn't see her at the end when she undoubtedly fell down. <laughs> <laughs> Send it, didn't she? It was off camera. <laughs> sends the kids out with grenades or something. Yeah, she's yeah. she's like, let's go get those Americans, and she sends them out with yeah. handguns I, and grenades. I do really that. It was a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So it's a good movie. I'm. I was talking with a friend of mine today about like Jojo Rabbit falls into that category of like this is a really good movie that it being nominated for best picture almost hurts it in that. It's a really good movie that doesn't feel like one of the best movies ever. No, I get it. I get it. Like it gets in there because it's heart. It's about something that's hard, but it's heartwarming, so you can kind of digest it. That's why I think. Like I feel so great about Parasite being best picture because Par- Parasite is definitely about a hard subject, and it is. 
kind of unflinching. Hmm. Oh, remember when I asked you if you saw the host? Yeah. He he directed the host as well as Parasite. I didn't know that. Oh, you, I thought that's why you were asking. No, I looked at it. I thought that's I didn't why you were know asking. that he dire- directed that as well. Yeah, I thought that's why you're asking. No, I just wow. thought that was the only other Korean movie that I've seen. You're you're you're, and I really enjoyed the host. You're a boon savant. I guess so. So yeah, I I had no idea until this week that he directed the host as well. Is it good? I thought it was excellent. Yeah, okay. yeah, I really enjoyed it. See, Turn, come to find out, apparently he's really good at. Yeah, directing. he guy knows what he's doing. Do you see this stuff? There's going to be a parasite. I think maybe HBO series. Oh, really? There's a parasite TV show coming. Tilda oh. Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Because yeah, he hmm. he directed that Okja movie on Netflix. Oh, it's got like a, a hippo movie. A, is it a hippo? It's it's a not real thing. It's some sort of creature. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I've seen the picture. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that now. Okay. Because I really dug Snowpiercer. As kind of silly and ridiculous. And he did Snowpiercer, too? He did Snowpiercer, and he did Okja, and I guess he did The Host. Yeah, yeah. Who knows what other handful of movies, because he good. He real good. He does his thing. Oh. I saw another Sam Rockwell movie. Did you see it Moon? Just, no, no, I haven't seen Moon. you never seen? No. Oh, boy. No, Travis. I should probably get to it, huh? Travis, treat yourself. If it's not streaming somewhere, let's be honest, I'm probably not going to see it. I'm going to look that up while you talk to, talk to me. I saw uh, Mr. Wright. It's just barely streaming on Netflix. It's about five years old. But it's got Sam Rockwell as a dancing hitman. And when he kills people, he puts on a clown nose for some reason. He's kind of, I don't know if he's mentally ill. He's kind of crazy. But he falls in love with Anna Kendrick. She falls in love with him. And it's just kind of like a, it's like a romantic action movie. It's okay. I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. It's got the RZA in it. <laughs> okay. And it's got Tim Roth. Tim Roth does a southern accent similar to similar to Daniel Craig's southern accent in, in Knives Roth Out. In yeah, he I, I'm sure Tim Roth has maintained gainful employment. He does he does his British accent as well. His his southern accent, he's he's posing as an FBI agent, but he is not actually an FBI agent. Do you have a favorite Tim Roth performance? Um you know what? Did you ever see Rob Roy? I don't know. <laughs> it's got Liam Neeson in it. I don't know. It's it's Scottish Braveheart, but Braveheart is Scottish Braveheart. Something like that. I don't know if it was Scottish or Irish or something. Anyway, Tim Roth is in it, and he is irredeemably evil. He's yeah. such a bad person in it. Like, I hated him <laughs> in that movie. Um, Four Rooms is a t- not a great movie. But I kind of love how much fun he's having in it. Mm. I, the I mean, re- obviously, Pulp Fiction's great. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah. You know. I don't know that his part was super amazing in Pulp Fiction, though. I'm curious of what he played in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Was he in that? Yeah, it was cut. It oh. even says in oh, the okay. credits, Tim Roth, parentheses, cut. <laughs> it says that in the credits? Yeah. God, I wonder if he's even... I, like that almost feels like something Quentin Tarantino did to be to be a, a goof. Well, I mean, he's worked with him several times, so he obviously is part of the gang. Are there any legal ramifications if you do that? Like, if he just said, like Tim Roth wasn't in it, but I'm just being silly. I'm going to put in the credits. No, he Tim was Roth. he was in it. It Tim was just Roth cut. And I've got the DVD or the Blu-ray, and I've, it's got deleted scenes, but that's not one of them. Hmm. So there's there's going to be a version that comes out that's probably the four-hour version. And there's rumors, actually, that 
uh, it might go on Netflix, kind of like Hateful Eight did, where there's a four hour version of. I thought that was a for Hateful sure Eight. thing that was happening. I don't. I don't know if it was ever for yeah, sure. Anyway. anyway, the reason I brought up the Mister Right is because I know you're a fan of Sam Rockwell dancing around. So he, <laughs> he does a lot of dancing and spinning, and toe tapping. Yeah, well, I'm a pirouette aficionado. So if you enjoy that, not a lot of Sam Rockwell that. dancing. Hey, that's the movie for you. Moon is on several streaming. Really? Services, All right. So All right. Netflix, which ones? Netflix and Hulu have it. Okay. Well, I have both of those. I have a hard time believing. I have a hard time. I'm not going to say much about it because, you know, I don't want to uh, affect your... I don't want to wait you know. for I think our lives a, I don't to think be that I'm, I don't think I'm making any sort of controversial opinion or, like, telling anything like, hey, buddy, this this moon movie. Like, it's... I kind of know of it. I know yeah. that he's on the yeah. moon and he starts to go crazy and he starts to see an alternate version of himself. I really like that movie. Okay. 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 <laughs> hey... Kevin Spacey voiceover. Be careful. Kevin Spacey? Yeah. He's in it? We got to voiceover. All right. Be careful. Be careful. We got to be careful. You got to watch out for Watch Kevin your Spacey. back. Watch your back. Watch your front. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. I brought up Knives Out a minute ago. Yeah. So um, the actress that plays Marta. Yeah. Her name is Anna de Armas. Yeah. Apparently she's in the new Bond movie. So Daniel Craig was so impressed with her that he got her in the new bond movie daniel craig is definitely like pulling some weight in in this movie daniel craig's pretty great i think so i like daniel he's the reason that uh layer cake baby oh i can't remember her name now uh you know fleabag came in came in and like not watched any of that i've seen seen two or three episodes i I like it's really dirty i've only heard amazing things about it just try it's like here i'll give you a description it's like uh Jessica Jones, except she doesn't have superpowers and she's never killed anybody. <laughs> but it's kind of she's kind of like a a lost cause in her own mind, and she's always oh, screwing okay. things up. Okay. So it's kind of like that, but not sad. It's fun. <laughs> so I wanted to. I, you you mentioned Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I know your affection for it. Like, how often do you end up watching that movie? Because I you uh, fell you fell in so total hard for that movie. In total, I've seen it ten times. So I want to ask because that is that is not a tiny movie. No, it's I've spent thirty hours watching Hold that me movie. Closer tiny movie. <laughs> um, so I have uh, I have like a an existential dread every time I think about rewatching a movie mm-hmm. because I'm just the the pile of things that I haven't seen that have or there, there's just too much good stuff. Right, and I'm too old to watch it uh, in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. I so, get it. Every and time busy. I think about, because the, there are movies, there are movies that like uh, um, Dread, uh, uh, Fury Road. I still haven't seen even, Dread. Maybe even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like there are movies that I definitely will feel like watching, you know, more than once. Right. I'll get around to them more than once. But like there are a lot of movies that I would love to watch again, but they're just not up in that pantheon. And every time I think about rewatching something, I'm just like, oh my god, I haven't watched Fleabag. <laughs> Right. But I don't. I'm not in the mood. So Fleabag is fun. They're like, I think they're 30 minutes long. They're not super long, and there's only two seasons of it. But she had another. Um, she's got one on Netflix. Is Fleabag Dunzo? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, she's doing so much more stuff now. She's supposedly going to be writing the next Bond movie. Risen above. Yeah. Do you uh, listen to that Billy 
Eilish? Eilish? I song? Don't I don't hate it, but I also don't like don't love it. Have not listened to it cuz I'm not, I'm not that big of a Bond. You I know you're a big Bond guy. Right. My problem with it is it never kicks in. Oh. It's it's almost like the it whole... It doesn't have its, like, Goldfinger kind of moment. You know when when Adele goes, you know, hits that skyfall, yeah. it crumble. Yeah. You know, it never has that moment in it where it just... Or even, like, going back to Garbage or Sheryl Crow, they both did Bond songs. And there's low points in it. But then it, it hits, like, the world is not enough, you know, or tomorrow never dies or whatever. And it, it hits a point, and you're like, ah, would there it least, is, there it is. Would you at least call it competent? Because <sighs> look, Travis, I, Billie Eilish is. There's there's some uh, orchestral uh, notes to it in the background, but Billie Eilish is very. Her whole thing is she's understated and she kind of is mumbly. Okay, <laughs> you know, and I'm not trying to knock her because I mean, first of all, she's like a teenager, so kind of a dick thing for a grown man to be knocking a teenager so i'm not trying to knock it just there's no emotion in it okay i think that's my problem hey, there's not emotion in it because she's very understated that's her thing as long as we're not uh <laughs> what is that? is that yeah as long as we're not getting into a die another day situation i mean that one it's not great but it, it was very 90s it was of the time you it, know my memory of of Madonna's Die Another Day just feel like that this is not in a this is not a this is in a different movie this song. Yeah, it was it didn't fit in a Bond movie. But I'll, yeah, I'll just say it it just didn't have any emotion to the, be in fair, the Billie Eilish song. Would it be fair to say that uh Bond like a good Bond theme they're basically crooning? Yeah, I think that's where it should be. 100%. Okay. There was rumors that Beyoncé was going to be doing the Bond theme. So I got to think there's probably a, a Beyonce version out there because if you scour the internet, you can find all sorts of different versions of Bond songs sung by other people. Sometimes that's a completely different song, but I bet you there's a Beyonce version and Beyonce can sing I was gonna, and well, she would probably belt something out and hit some emotion. Do you think it has anything? To, do you think it might have anything to do with is that the people go like, Hey guys, in six or seven years, Beyonce is still going to be Beyonce. Billie Eilish is hot right now, and we don't know where she's going to be in seven years. That's kind of another problem I have with it is I don't know that in five years people are going to know much about Billie Eilish. I, I mean, I don't think think matters. about Lord. I was super into Lord when she first came out. I was like, this is really good stuff. What was the last thing that Lord put out? These, I don't know. I, I would not know. You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> But I don't know. I think one of my favorite modern ones, like the Daniel Craig songs, I think my well, Skyfall by Adele, of course. I only know but, Billie Eilish is a musician because I've been told she is. I mean, I know the bad guy song. I don't. But it's very like... Bad guys. <laughs> no, who was make that? Make me feel so good. I don't even remember who. I remember that song, but I don't I remember no who it was. I have no idea. <laughs> um, I really like the Chris Cornell, You Know My Name. Yeah? From that uh, was pretty cool. Dude, it's, Casino Royale. I love that song. Chris Cornell. We are wired to... It would be hard for Chris Cornell to have made a song and have us not go, Dude, Chris Cornell But it's bo- it. it's got a Bondy element to it, you know? I don't know. I, I'm speaking from... I, I haven't heard the song, so I don't even know. 
So I'm I'm not trying to knock Billy Eyelash, but it just didn't have emotion, and Billy that's kind of that's what I want in a Bond song. If it was just her own song, I wouldn't say a single word about it. Anyway, a single word. I thought it was underwhelming as all. Not a single word. So speaking <clears throat> of of hey, I am actually rewatching though. I it's the rewitch. The Rewitch. I talked. I talked. Witchered my, again. I talked my dear lady into watching an episode of The Witcher because I had a feeling that it was going to be a parally. Would you call it Rewitched? The, the Rewitched. Do, 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 okay, do, I like this do, do, segment. Rewitched. <laughs> I want. Boy, Travis, we need to get popular enough that we can have animated features because that. I agree. Uh, <clears throat> Rewitchered. So she is. She's all in, and that makes me really happy. But. In in rewatching, in rewitching, the one of the main problems that a lot of people Oh dear. A lot of people had <laughs> <laughs> trying to be good. A lot of people had was A little whole, bit of your soul just left your body. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of my meatloafy soul. Um a lot of the problem people generally had with it was that the the three timelines are very they don't give you a great idea of how it is three timelines. Right. And watching it a second time they are totally – they give you all kinds of signs that they're three different timelines. It's just really hard to catch the first time. They should have just put the year. They <laughs> that would have, have, they that would have been very easy to go, oh, so this happens before that. It's, it's really fun the second time of, you know, something happens with Yen and then it cuts to Geralt. And Geralt makes just an offhand comment about like that, that incident that like, you know, hey, a mountaintop exploded – because of Yen and, and mm-hmm. like Geralt's like, oh, they, we haven't had trouble like that since the mountaintop exploded 35 <laughs> years ago. And it, 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 <laughs> we haven't had trouble like that since. Uh, yeah. He's almost like Lurch. I really. From the Adams family. I am on a second watch. I am, there, there was definitely, there was just like a meteoric, like uphill climb. Meteors don't climb uphill, I know, but it. Of just like kind of watching and being like, huh. And then just the more I watch it, go like, yeah. And by the end, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and now watching it from the start, I'm like, just like, yeah, I just really, really like this. Henry K. Everybody's pretty great in it. Henry mm-hmm. Cavill is just. Henry Cavill has done such a good job with this character. Yeah, he made it his own. And he's so fun to watch. And it's just, I just really did. But, but I don't a, see him as Superman. On a, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He made it. He made me see a completely different character. On a rewatch, though, the way that they really subtly nod to there being the different timelines is pretty a pretty interesting thing. You know what they should have done to let you know it was a different timeline? Give him a mustache. <laughs> 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 and then take it off with the effects. So he's, he's got that weird kind of rabbit lip. Well, this is the past. <laughs> I, I think they even have made like the episode with the with Sonic. They've made kind of reference to that ahead of time. <laughs> Speaking of, did you see Sonic? I have not seen it. I was I was going to try and go see it so we can talk about it, but I, I haven't seen it yet. My, my son saw Sonic. My son also saw Sonic. Sons. Son saw Sonic. Yes. And on the seashore. My son, who's 20, really enjoyed it. My son, who is nigh 16, loved it. Good. So, I mean, I've heard lots of good things about it, that, it, that it's a fun watch. So. Yeah. I think they were smart to go back. I don't want to give the internet credit for being crappy. <laughs> no, no, Travis, don't. But I think 
the fact that they went back and actually made him look like Sonic from the game was a good thing. You're right. You're right. But don't give the internet credit. But Sonic was creepy in that first trailer. But yeah, internet, you still suck. They, they, they people of up. the internet. <laughs> Hopefully, this is a lesson learned for like further things of. Hey, I've always been a. When superhero movies, early like '90s stuff came around, and they would like, I'm okay. Th- this gets into is they had that little production shot of Robert Pattinson in maybe the Batman costume, right? And they're back on that that tactical armor tip of mm-hmm. like lots of big armor plating and which the, the bat I mean, signal on the front is like a Swiss Army knife or something. If you were a billionaire that had unlimited funds, would you not armor yourself as much as possible before you went out to fight crime? <laughs> but yeah, but I, I mean, would at least like duct I mean, tape sure. some cookie sheets to me. If we're gonna, but if we're gonna, if we start talking realism, I'd look like a 1950s robot. If, if you start talking Robinson. realism, it just completely falls apart. But I have never liked that. Like I, as much as Justice League stunk, like I like the big beefy, just looks like a skin suit mm-hmm. look of that kind of thing. Like. You want him to go back to Adam West? <laughs> yes. Hey, look, I wanted to go back to that tonally. I again having these discussions. I think of, they should too. But I mean, they're the not discussions going to, of but. like you know Pattinson saying like, "Oh, this Batman's going to be too raw." And they, I just saw a quote today about uh, you know Ben Affleck saying like, "Oh boy, I he he claims like I got out of Justice. I stopped being Batman because I just done Justice League, and that was kind of rough on me." And a friend of mine read the script of The Batman and said, oh, buddy, if that was tough on you, the way that he's portrayed in this movie, it's just going to drive you to drink. So I had to get out. I'm like, He was the one that was going to direct it. Remember? <laughs> he was going to direct the next Batman movie. Something like that. But, I, like... Matt Reeves wasn't even involved Travis, at that point because the, it was Ben Affleck that was going to make it. At this point, what is the ceiling for making Batman dark? The ceiling? I don't know. Maybe he just murders everybody. The only way I keep be- seeing pictures of of the Batman who laughs. I guess maybe that's. Oh, it. that thing looks so. It, that thing looks like it came from. It, it looks like it came from an early. Um, uh, who's the Spawn guy? Uh, Todd McFarlane. Yeah, it looks like an early Todd McFarlane toy. It reminds me of something from. Uh, do you remember the Black Lanterns? What yeah. was that? Darkest yeah. Night. Yeah. It looks like something from that. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's apparently very popular. Yeah, I haven't read any of it. But it just but. looks it looks horse assery to me. <laughs> I see that thing and it just like I said, like that looks like a it looks like something that everybody goes, Oh man, that is so badass. Yeah. That's the thing I kinda like about DC TV is with the exception of of Arrow, which was trying to be dark. Most of those shows are pretty lighthearted and fun. Yeah. I don't I haven't watched any of Batwoman yet. But I'll, I'll like, watch it when it comes on Netflix because I, like I got behind. The way they end up being cutting edge is eventually they go, let's just do a silly one. Yeah, I think they need to. If they're going to do all these alternate actors playing it and just like they're all different, the thing, the different tellings keep, or whatever, do a, do a fun one. The lesson that, and DC, this is the petard that DC keeps hoist, hoisting itself upon is the lesson they keep thinking is, the people want it to be edgier. They should do Batman Beyond, but have it be fun. Bring back Michael Keaton, but he's like, he's like Mr. Mom Michael Keaton. <laughs> Travis, I'm all about it. <laughs> Travis, I'm here for it. That would be rad, man. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, but but also like those. I like those suits. Like when we got to where we started getting good at at making superhero movies, but like the X Men, the whole conceit was they just wear leather jackets. Mm-hmm. At the time, that was what was necessary. Uh, then you get to Spider Man. It's like okay, we're gonna make the Spider Man suit, but we're just gonna go bananas with texture. Right. And then you get Spider Man the- was ribbed for your pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> and the same thing, like. Like just at like uh, you know Henry Cavill Superman, the suit is so textured, but no pants. Yeah, <laughs> no underoos. And then you get Tom Holland Spider Man. It's like they just made the, they made it look like the Spider Man suit. Mm-hmm. It's an Iron Man suit, but they made it look like a Spider Man suit. I don't know, man. I I like those things. The more you, tr- I, I feel like if you're making superhero movies in general. Making it realistic, you're starting to lose the thread already if you're trying to make it realistic. I don't know, baby. I don't know, baby. They made the Batman suit, and it looks like the bat thing comes off. The bat... I, I also like when the bat thing is a big yellow thing. So... Yeah, I, like in the, the first Michael Keaton one. I will also tell you, in the Far From... Or Homecoming, when the spider jumped off his chest, I'm like, all right... Too much. We've done. We've gone too far. <laughs> so, let me ask you this: They didn't show the the bat ears in the Robert Pattinson one. At least I did. Oh. I just saw basically just the Maybe? face. I don't know. I don't remember seeing the top. Do you want big bat ears? Hell yes, or do you I want do. Little Adam West bat ears. <laughs> like, dude, I want that like '90s era comics where the like the ears were like like two way feet. too high. Yeah, oh, like yeah, they were dude. picking up. Do satellite that. signals. Do that for me. <laughs> yes. Oh, you're speaking my language, Travis. Oh, man. It's all about the ears. It's not just the size. It's also the girth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get the, those, those. That's what Frank Miller was trying to tell you. It's not, it's not the length. It's the girth of everything Batman. Like, Batman was just... Batman was like, like, uh, like Spider-Verse Kingpin thick. Oh. Oh. Uh, uh. What else you got going on? Um, I'm mostly, it's not rewatch. It's kind of catching up things of uh, Netflix put up the most most recent season of the season four of Better Call Saul ahead of. I've never seen any of that show. Of course, I never saw, uh, you know, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Thank you. That's an interesting. I've heard all about it. I've I've heard in car rides with other comedians, like <laughs> entire episode descriptions. I know all about putting people in tubs and melting their bodies and yeah. all, all sorts of stuff. So I, I know Bad, the gist of it. Breaking Bad was great. Uh, I guess it shouldn't surprise me that Better Call Saul is almost in a lot of ways better. It's just Isn't it more lighthearted? Because Odenkirk is... That's the weird thing. Kind I, of a comedic actor. This is, he is a comedic actor. This but. is working based on memory. My memory of um, of Breaking Bad was it definitely got darker, but also when it would get silly, it got way more sillier. Hmm. It's it's hard. It, is this, Better Call Saul a prequel or a sequel? It's a prequel. It is a prequel. It's basically telling because um, Odenkirk's character in in Breaking Bad is kind of just a a side character. Right. And so they just, they just made a series that was, how did this guy get to be where he is? Okay. Cause the character's name is Saul Goodman. It, so it doesn't have like Jesse and, uh, you know, what's his name? So far. Well, I mean, it's taking place far enough back that that's not really a thing. I, 
So far, those two characters have not shown up. They potentially could, I'm sure, because it's all just in a you know New Mexico. But he was a, he was a science teacher before he yeah. started selling meth, right? Yeah, but I mean, um, the so he's not Saul. His okay. name his name isn't actually the character's name isn't actually Saul Goodman. I mean, kind of the premise of the of the prequel series is trying to get to why is he Saul Goodman? Because the character's name is Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. All right. Um, but so it's mostly been about him being a largely it's about him being a well-meaning lawyer who is very willing to circumvent law to get to win. Uh-huh. And it's largely been about him up until the end of season three. It was largely about kind of him trying to like he's trying to be a lawyer. His his brother, played by Michael McKeon, is a super high powered lawyer. Oh, Michael McKeon said it. Yeah. Oh, he's he's amazing in it. Is he playing the same guy he was in Good Omens? That'd be I thought you, <laughs> Michael McKeon. Oh no no no! I I, I again, it feels like Good Omens. He was, was a witch hunter. Was it witch right. hunter? He was or a something witch like hunter. That? Yeah. yeah. No no! I thought you were gonna say he was like Lenny and Squiggy. <laughs> every time that guy's done like a every diverse time, type of every time career. Odenkirk pops up, he's like, "Hello, <laughs> hey, yeah yeah oh." Yeah, Michael McKeon is... he talks Spinal Tap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Michael McKeon <laughs> has been in amazing things because he is amazing. But it's uh, the first three seasons is largely about, like, um, he wants to redeem himself and become a lawyer and impress his brother, but his brother has these issues of both, A, he doesn't trust him based on previous behavior, and B, it kind of comes forth... I don't think this is a super spoiler. Like, it kind of comes forth, he just doesn't want him... He wants to always be better than his brother, mm. and he, he he'll try and hold him down. But like the the kind of the really fascinating thing is, the first three seasons are largely about like him trying to be a lawyer and trying to win. This fourth the fourth season so far, I think I'm like four or five episodes in. He's not a lawyer. It's him trying to get over a thing. It's not about him being a lawyer. It's about him trying to get over something. Mm. Okay. And, it's and then there there are other characters. There, there's a character, uh, Mike Ermintrag. I want to look up. Yeah, it's, do you know who Jonathan Banks is? Uh, yeah, he's in uh, Mary maybe. Poppins. Is he? <laughs> uh, Mister <laughs> Banks, <laughs> you jackass. No, just old curmudgeonly. He plays a really cool character. But okay, the, he's another character that was a big part of uh, Breaking Bad. They have a few. A, a lot of it just sets up. It's not just setting up his story. It's setting up the story of other people who end up being in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, our boy Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito is in it, playing the character he is in Breaking Bad. With the dark saber. Yeah. <laughs> and and also just like ever, lots of really good people in it. Like, I thought of a like joke today that involves math. Oh? Yeah. It's kind of like, a, I got a life <laughs> hack. Uh, if your kid goes, hey, is the tooth fairy real? Go, yeah. She used to be, but... She had, she went out of business because of the meth epidemic. Ah, <laughs> I hey, do you want to hear? Hey, Travis, would you like to? Would That's you like, version one of a joke. Would you like a? Would you like to play a segment called "Guy Who's Not a Comedian Constructing a Joke"? Yeah, let's do it. Um, we, we just played a podcast open mic, so let's do yeah. this. <laughs> oh, so I was coming up with this, and I don't know what to do with it, which doesn't it doesn't absolve me of my guilt, but um, so I was thinking. So so I was in the office the other day and someone brought up, someone close to my age brought up like, hey, when you were a kid, did they do birthday spankings when you were in grade school? 
And I couldn't quite remember. In school? Yeah. Well, that... <laughs> A few of the people that were around my age remember, like, hey, when when I was in grade school, like, yeah, when it was somebody's birthday, we would, the teacher would do birthday spankings. Male teacher? That I (laughs) did not explore that deep. (laughs) Did not explore that deep. I don't remember anybody in school doing birthday spankings. I definitely had a few people in like around my age, kind of in that atmosphere. We were asking people that day because it was so bananas. Because I mean, even I remember birthday spankings in general. It's just something we kind of don't really do because. I remember like my dad giving me birthday spankings yeah. as a joke. Yeah, I had those things, but it's also I've, I've never done that to Gabe because I think that ended up being weird, right? Right. But th- there were people who definitely said like, "Hey, yeah, in grade school I got birthday spankings," and I got I thought about the nature of the spanking, mm-hmm. and I got thinking like, so we, it'll. Like, yeah, not completely, but, like, spanking is not necessarily in fashion these days, right? Well, it depends on with whom and in what context you're doing it. You you know, and you're in the ballpark, because I'm thinking of, like, the way that maybe what you're talking about, like, spankings developed into maybe a kink. And it's probably because people got spanked. And that was due to a punitive thing. And I was thinking in my mind, like, like, so spanking kind of went out of fashion. So, like, is it going to be, like, dominatrices, dominatrixes in the future? It's going to be, like... Guys come in and go like, oh, great. Tell me, take away my screen time, baby. <laughs> or she's going to put you in time out. Yeah. Like, you have oh, to sit there for five minutes. Don't talk. Oh, Stand in the corner. Make me think about <laughs> what I've done, baby. But that, that was the one I came up with. was like, what? since we don't do spankings anymore, what's the kink for punishment? Like, oh, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> come on. Like, but, like put, this, put this ball gag in me and take away my, my iPhone for the rest of the day. I don't know. <laughs> That's amateur. This has been amateur joke, jerk ass. No, you're in, you're in the ballpark of a premise right there. That's a premise. It just needs to be explored. Oh, I get it. There you go. That's how jokes start. I'm winning. You just kind of work it out and say it over and over and over, and then you go, well, if I put this here, and I, it's a there's a little bit of math, there's it's a little just, bit of puzzle it's solving. Jenga. It's just Jenga. Yeah, there's it's word Jenga. Um. This isn't there. There's not much to it, but they did that trailer for Stranger Things season four. Yeah, it just confirmed that Hopper is alive. So what? He's lost of, some weight. And what some side hair. of the fence do you come down upon for that? Of it's either oh my god, I can't believe that they spoil that right away, or like how do you? No, how I do think you feel it's about that. I think I think he's probably going to be his story in Russia is going to be a big story. The entire season and probably from from jump. So it's like, well, just put it out there. Also, you want people to know your stars are going to be in it. Well, certainly the kind of one of the takes that I think I fell along with was. Um, I'm kind of I'm in the camp of when season three ended, I'm like, hops, definitely not dead. Right. Like him showing up in season four, even if I hadn't saw that trailer, I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. I think most people assumed where they didn't find a body that he was going to show back up. So, yeah, why why draw it out? Just I saw, put it out there, get yeah, people I, excited. I saw a few comment sections that like a lot of the initial comments were like, way to, way to throw out your big deal there. And I was like... I don't think that's the big deal or the big surprise. Yeah, that's not a surprise. Like, what <laughs> if they do that and then there are actual surprises that we wouldn't have been able to guess? Right. There's going to be some surprises. They're going. It's the final season. They're going to have all sorts of twists and turns in store for us. So I wouldn't worry about that. People are, people are dumb. Like, do they do they not 
think that the showrunners know what they're doing. I mean, they haven't led us astray so far. People are just so mm-hmm. basic that they're like, ooh, there's going to be no surprise. I might as well not watch it. <laughs> I, you know. That's why there's people in uh, uh, Impractical Jokers that yeah, go along with it you, because people you're are, right. people you've are basic. It. You've explained it. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, the the only thing of negativity that would come out of it is... Uh, at the end of the season, they had that whole thing of, you know, of talking about the American. And mm-hmm. there was some speculation of, like, well, maybe it's talking about Papa. <sighs> I don't think they need to bring him because, back. Because, well, they don't, but they've also made reference. There's also been references made that he isn't dead in the show. If they bring him back, fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe they know what they're doing. But I really wasn't into that character much. He was the least enjoyable character in that, mm-hmm. in that uh, first season. I don't really... Dig Matthew Modine that much as an actor either. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not chomping at the bit to get Modine back, but I feel like that was a character that they didn't explore a ton. So they, if they Mambo Number Five became a human, it would be Matthew Modine. It's like, so? yeah, it's there, but we don't know why. <laughs> Travis, what? I can tell you why Mambo Number Five is there. <laughs> why? Because it was Mambo, dude. No, Mambo, no, I don't. I don't have any great love for Mambo fi- Number Five, but it is it is novel in very spectacular ways. I mean, I'm kind of a completist, and I'm having a hard time tracking down Mambo's one through is four. Mambo Number Five the one a little bit of Mambo? Is <laughs> yeah. that it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, the fact that it's Mambo Number Five and there aren't the other ones is novel. Lou Bega. Lou Bega. <laughs> Lou Bega has a fun name. It's fun to say. It sounds like a Star Wars character. And it's it's just a series of women, so it's fun novelty that way. Right. So, sure. What's that song? It's like uh, some forty lines or ninety nine lines. It's I think it's eighty eight lines about forty four women. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I actually really like that song. It's a it's a clever song. Yeah. Someone came from Ohio. She's a Scientologist. <laughs> but I, I kind of like that song because it 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 ends with him talking about like mm-hmm. a special person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to listen to that song. Yeah, I really like, and it's it flows well and it rhymes well. And he has no singing voice, so he just talks it. I mean, I guess that was a big thing in like the late '80s, early '90s, where you could just talk a song. That that tops <laughs> Mambo, Mambo Number Five because Mambo, Mambo Number Five just is a list of women. Mm-hmm. Eighty-eight lines about forty-four women. If that's definitely the name of it, it it flows. There are rhymes. There are stories for each of the women. That's true. All Mambo Number Five is about is about a bunch of women that he definitely wants in his life. Is Post Malone basically just talking his songs again? He doesn't sing. He doesn't rap. He's just kind of talking the song in auto tune. I only know Post Malone as a musician because I've been told so. I don't think I've ever heard anything Post Malone's done. I think he does that that G wagon G wagon G wagon. Don't know what it is. Okay, Travis, I'm going to tell you. I still have not actually heard Old Town Road. Uh, I think I've I've heard it in like although. I think I heard it in that Doritos commercial. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not opposed to if someone came up and said you've definitely heard it before. It's, it's again. I will be told it's old. I would have to be told it's Old Town Road at that mm. point. And I'm not bragging about it. I'm only informing <laughs> you. I'm only informing you in so much as I just don't. I, my, like, current like popular movie music just doesn't make it to me. No, I get it. I listen to Spotify a lot, and that becomes Ooh, very much a, a you, tunnel for me. You know what pop song has been stuck in my head? 
What at? It's by The Weeknd, and it's called Blinding Lights. Or maybe it's just Blinding Light. I think I saw The Weeknd had a new song. It's a great song. It's very... It almost seems like it belongs in the movie Drive. <clears throat> I've been... It's kind of an 80s oh, type of synth, but that's cool. it listen to it. Like, I've listened to it like 30 times in the last week. My jam lately has been... Uh, so, I, I've been on a video game forum, a member of a video game forum for like the, last, the better part of like the last 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. And there's a music thread on that, and someone recommended this, this uh, band, Honey Bunny. Honey, is it honey bunny? bunny? Is it honey bunny? Oh, oh no, excuse adorable. me. It's Beach Bunny. Beach Bunny. The album is Honeymoon. Okay, that I I can see where you get that mixed up. <laughs> and uh, let me. I, I want to look at it and actually see what it's described as because I'm I'm I am outright terrible at at like picking out genres and things like that. Has it got some writing here at the bottom? No, doesn't say. But it, I think I had it described to me as power pop. I'm describing hmm. it as I love this album and it's my album for rainy days when I'm kicking my feet up behind me, <laughs> laying on my bed and writing in my diary. Beach Bunny, huh? Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I really love it. It's, um, I also refer to it as it's MXPX, but for girls. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense either. I remember MXPX. I MXPX forgot all about is, them. MXPX still around. They come Are they? to Utah soon, I think. Oh, all right. But it's just, it's kind of, it feels like this is pop punk. And basically the same, like, a lot of pop punk from the 90s was just about, like, there, there are guys like Bad Religion that I love that's a, its own monster. Right. But there were things like like MXPX or Melancholin, not Melancholin, uh, I don't know, a lot of pop punk from that era that was basically guys who had voice like this, who were talking about, uh, it's like a punk song, but it's like, I'm it's thinking Tom about DeLong. you, it's all Tom and DeLong. I'm missing you, and I wish you were with me, but you're with that other guy. Where are you? And I'm so sorry. Don't get me wrong. I, I like a, I, I, I like, like Angels a and Airwaves, Tom DeLong better Angels than I... Angels and or Airwaves? Better than I like I'm, Blink-182, Travis, Tom I'm DeLong. i ask you to choose one or the other. I like you Mark Hoppus as the singer of Blink-182 more than Tom DeLong. But we also had this conversation last week of like, hey, I like Green Day. Mm-hmm. Green Day shouldn't have made to it To a point. Yeah. <laughs> Still like MXP. It's okay to like things to a point and then not... You don't have to blindly love something just because you loved it at one point. Maybe you don't. Okay. Now... You're right, but uh, no, I this band Beach Bunny that uh, that album Honeymoon I've been listening to basically on loop for like the last week and a half. That's kind of fun when you get us like that's what the, yeah. that weekend song, the weekend song. <laughs> I just kept listening. I was like, one more time, one more, one more. <laughs> but yeah, check that one out. It's it's a fun song. I'll check that out. I, hey, may, if you get a chance, give the give Honeymoon a a run and see see if you're picking up what I'm laying down. Beach Bunny. Yeah. I'm writing it down right Beach now. Beach Bunny, the album is called Honeymoon. Honeymoon. We're we're just about we're we're, get, we're getting a little yeah. long in the tooth on this episode. Nah, it's cool. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up? I've got one more thing that I think I'm I think the tank is dry on me. Okay. Baby. The tank is dry. I finished Castle Rock. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it, it was season two with with the whole uh um misery storyline. Yeah. I liked it. I liked how it ended up. The last episode, uh, there's t- kind of two storylines going on. It's very complex. There's a lot to keep track of, but but I, I enjoyed it. 
And uh, what is Annie? Annie, I can't Oakley. remember. Not Oakley. What is her? Anyway. Annie, Annie Misery. Annie Misery. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the, okay, that is the, the that is the name she of the Blink-182 two different, song. She goes by two different names in the, or she goes by several names in the show because she, she's on the run, so she's always changing her name. So I can't. Like, I get confused. I, I do like Annie Misery. Like like Annie I said, that, that is the name of a like that's like an Elliot Smith song. Like the, <laughs> there's a Smil- Elliot Smith song. I think that was the one that was for um for Academy Award Smart Guy movie. I know. I what think you're it was talking called about. I think the name of the song was Miss Misery. Oh, it was uh the Tom Cruise one. No. No? No. I thought he did a song for uh what was that Tom Cruise one with? Uh, Jason Robards was was in no, it. No, it's um, Goodwill. It was Goodwill Hunting. Okay, what was the other one now? I don't know. Uh, it was like one word. He was like a motivational speaker, and he goes back to visit his dying father. I don't know. It was all the rage know, twenty years ago. Um, he wasn't the well. He was the star of that, but that was like an ensemble movie. The one yeah, that thinking of, yeah. I can't remember what it was called. I never saw it. I don't know. It had don't serious know. stuff and feelings. It's not. I always liked Amy Mann, Save Me. That's a great song. Save me. Come on. <laughs> You're beyond me. Anyway, it's a good song. Sorry. Annie Misery. Annie Misery. Uh, it, it, it's not a good Old ending. Misery. It's not a good in- ending for anyone who knows her. <laughs> no. There's definitely consequences to her craziness. There are some parts, though, where like she's trying to get... It's almost like a zombie movie, but they're not zombies. They're, I'm, I'm going to give a little bit away. They're like a reincarnated uh, cult members from the 1600s. Weird. That are, they're murdering other people in the town, and they put them in some goop, and then they come back. Oh, that's getting, is that getting a little Cthulhu-y? A little. But, so pretty much the whole town is like that, and her and a couple other people are trying to get to a safe place. And they're like, how did you get here? And she's like, I killed people. I killed a lot of people. And there, there's a little bit of humor to her, how casually she gets to killing people at the end. <laughs> but there's is definitely... It, is it Anakin casual? Anakin casual, yeah. I like it. <laughs> you, know, when you, you know, Anakin it's, casual. It's where you just wear like a button-up like, polo shirt. Yeah, I was going to say, Anakin While casual While you kill like children. You wear, you wear the robes, but they're, they're cut-off sleeves. Exactly. They, there is one episode where they go back and they give Annie's backstory as to how she became where she is in this series and it's very intriguing like it seemed like it was about an hour and a half long i don't know exactly how long it was but it seemed like we were watching a movie and it was good it was a really good episode and there's only it kind of does like a lost thing where it kind of jumps between her backstory and comes back which makes sense because it's a jj abrams executive produced thing so there's a little bit of a lost tinge to it but that episode particular was my favorite one of the season where it talks it it shows her from like being like a kindergartner up mm. until Did Travis the bad thing that Travis, happens. Travis. What? Travis, my dude. Is Annie Misery's backstory that she got birthday spankings at school and it sent her over the edge? Yeah, she she got some of those for sure. But uh, it, it turns out, uh, which is interesting because she's obsessed with a writer in the movie. Uh, she's dyslexic, so she has a hard time Shell in school. Silverstein. And it kind of shows like the book <clears throat> where she's trying to read it, and it shows like letters backwards and and stuff like that, like her her view of it. But the kids make fun of her, and she slams a girl in the face with 
<laughs> with her lunchbox. Because <laughs> the girl writes on her hand. She goes, what, what does my hand say? And it says something like, you're an idiot or something like that. What did the and she goes, say to the face? She goes, it says, ow, my face. And the girl goes, that's not what it says. She goes, <laughs> that's with awesome. her lunchbox. But yeah, there's that's that particular episode was probably my favorite of the whole series, actually. But it's it's worth watching and it's fun. They're going to be more of it. I think I don't know. I've I, I've been googling it and it's kind of up in the air. It hasn't been renewed, but it also hasn't so been you said canceled. Second season was Annie Misery. What was first season? First season was just kind of. Or was it a Travis? Was it a miasma? It was a miasma carpenter from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. Charisma Carpenter. Uh, I don't, I don't oh know. Oh my gosh! I yeah, was really, okay. I was really, like, <laughs> I was fishing deep on that one. The first one, it, it, it kind of takes a lot of it takes place at, um, uh, what's the jail? God, why can't I remember the prison? The prison. Shawshank. Shawshank. Thank you. Oh my gosh! They say Shawshank a hundred times an episode, Ooh. but uh, that Travis, has a lot to do with it. I don't know if you know this, but his judge, judgment cometh, and that right soon. All right. I haven't seen Shawshank. Oh, well. <laughs> so I don't know. But they kind of tie the first season into this season, which I was wondering. And they didn't do it until like episode eight or so. And you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. Travis? But I really enjoyed Castle Rock. I hope it comes back for a third season. I'm pretty sure I've been using miasma wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what does miasma mean? An oppressive or unpleasant atmosphere which surrounds or emanates from something. I think that's... It's like a fart. It's like bumping up against it. <laughs> it's a it's fancy fart. A, a miasma. Here, I want to. I want to tell you. I'm try, I'm going to give myself. I'm going to give myself like a thirty percent on that. Maybe. I'm going to tell you something just because <laughs> I felt like I really, I really fell apart on that Castle Rock thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to end. I'm going to end with with a bang. So this was two nights ago. My wife and I are laying in bed. And did you miasma her? We're watching the news, and they're they're doing a story about a tier three gasoline. And the reporter walks to the back of the car, and she goes, "And that will result in less uh, sulfur coming out of your tailpipe." And as soon as she finished tailpipe, I went, "Like a real one? A real one?" Oh. It was so aggressive that it was like my my butt was giving me a, a round of applause for my comedic timing. And then I put on my CPAP mask, which has a filter, and I, I said, forgot. good night, honey. Travis, have I told you, have I told you the, the Craig elevator fart story? I don't think so. So this is something, Craig, uh, we used to, because uh, at the warehouse that I work at, there's like a... a you know, from one floor, a one floor elevator. Okay. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Not, not I, why the am I explaining one? this to you? Anyway, uh, Craig used to like to do this thing where we would get in the elevator and on the way up, he would beef. And then it would be fun to see like, like we, we got the CEO once mm-hmm. he had to walk into it and ride down with Craig's entrails. And, uh, so we got in there once and, uh, we're heading down and he, he miasmas me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. And we hit the, you know, we do the little, the little bump, which means you hit the bottom. And the doors are about to open. And just as the doors open a crack, Craig yells, oh, my God, Jake, and runs out. And there were three women standing there. <laughs> I had something similar happen to me. I got on an elevator that a dude had farted in when he got off. And I was like, oh, my gosh, my eyes are burning. And 
I went like a floor and then the door opens up and there's these three like really hot like 30 year old women. <laughs> it wasn't me. Yeah, and I I was like you might want to take the next one. It wasn't me, I swear. <laughs> um I so I I do I I kind of loosely work my dieting around Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Body. Mm-hmm. I, I did a, for a while. <laughs> I got a I've had great success. I need to reread it. the book, I guess. And um, but uh, I was doing I've been working on getting some new recipes. I got a uh, like zucchini taco, hmm. like zucchini taco meat kind of recipe. That sounds like a sexual innuendo. I gave it the old zucchini taco meat. <laughs> the old zucchini uh, taco. It is delicious, but it is very spice heavy. I have been banned. I thought it was really good, and I was like, Cindy, dude, I want to do the taco thing. And she's like, no, you are never doing that again. <laughs> you beefed. <laughs> so so with that. Anyway, if, uh, any fart you, chat. If any of you people out there have any like good fart-inducing recipes out there, later to the tater at gmail.com. Send us your fart stories, too. Tell us your fart stories, too. We can have an all-fart episode. I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> um, love to hear from you. If, Lady uh, Bird was the artsy, and then we brought the fartsy. The fartsy. Um, if, you, uh, if you've liked our fart talk, please subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> Go to iTunes, give us five stars, and give us a one-sentence review. Fart-based, sure. Give us a, these guys are the Just fartiest. Just put miasma with three exclamation points. If you, if you can't, if you just don't feel like doing that, I get it. Please tell a friend you're in an elevator, you beef, say, you know what? That reminds me. There's a podcast you might like. Please tell them about our podcast. Um, beef. Where, the beefers. Where can we find you, Trav? Beefers is, means something different, though. At, at beefers. Beefers, is, you can I, find beefers is a euphemism for breasts. Oh, I, I don't think I was familiar with that one. You've never heard big old beefers? <laughs> I don't know. It just makes me laugh. Because <laughs> those big old beefers. <laughs> Where can the people find you online, Mr. Beefers? Uh, at Travis Tate Funny on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, people, uh, I, I did shows with Pete Lee last weekend, and they were great shows. Did five shows. Did, did Pete was, Lee beef? Not that I know of, but I mean, he was, he did keep his distance every once in a while, so maybe he's being courteous. Do you ever go in the green room and think of how many beefs have gone into those couches? So many beefs. I mean, honestly... Honestly, the, the they're leather of, couches too, so they just kind of what you think about when you think about uh, when you think when you think about green room and comic like traveling comics, beefs in the couch are probably the least of your worries. Of what's <laughs> in that couch? Uh, I remember Joey Diaz. He was he was smoking uh, marijuana, and he goes, "Sometimes I just smoke the marijuana just so people can't smell my farts." <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> It's his birthday today, actually. Hey, happy the birthday. The day we're recording this. Joey Diaz. What a guy. Yesterday was Sarah Tiana's birthday. That's right. I saw, <laughs> I don't know if it was on Twitter or on Facebook, I saw that you had uh, given her a shout out. That reminds me. Okay. Uh-oh, we're not done. I was promoting myself. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to promote. Oh, I, I forgot. Whoa. When I was talking Travis. about Pete Lee. Uh-oh, Travis has gone Matrix, Matrix, yeah, Matrix I'm, on I us. am definitely four levels of Matrix right now. Uh some uh, some people in the crowd they were they were younger people they really enjoyed my stuff they told me I need to be on TikTok ah, okay they're like you got to be on TikTok Did you man up TikTok not yet no. okay I have it I have a TikTok account do you <laughs> I don't I, like early when TikTok was starting to become a thing I had heard about it and I um I 
enjoyed some Vine to some degree. Like like I said, it feels like uh, TikTok is refined Vine for young refined people. Refined Vine? Refined Vine for it's young people. Vine without a time limit. <laughs> oh, just TikTok? I, I don't yeah, think whatever. TikTok has a time Obviously, limit. Obviously, I do not... I do not understand TikTok very well. It's definitely not a six-second time limit. I am definitely my age. So. Yeah, me too. Um, so maybe maybe you'll find me on TikTok. I if you start doing it, I will start looking more. Like my but, son, my son watches a lot of TikTok. Does he? Mm-hmm. Mm. You talk right. to me about TikTok. I'm like, oh, you mean Return to Oz? <laughs> so I watched that recently. It's a cool movie. Yeah, it's still kind of. I can see why I was a little scared. Like my little sister was like oh, yeah. terrified oh, yeah. it by is. the headless lady. Hey, look, man, I, living through the like '80s Jake was all about the creepy, the creepy kids movies. Mm-hmm. So Even the moose was a little creepy. Yeah, the Gump. The Gump. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Gump. All right, uh, but I was gonna say, uh, Jesus Trejo. He's a he's a comedian I've talked about on here several times. Super funny, funny comic. Good comic. And he's a really good dude. He has not only a Showtime special coming out this year, but on February 25th, he's got a uh, series on, it's a YouTube channel called First We Feast. Oh, I they, They've got several things it. out there. Like there's one on Hulu I've been watching called The Hamburger Show, which has got, got this guy and he just goes around and tries all these different hamburgers am, and gives stories of hamburgers. I am and sort of tangentially aware of First We Feast. It's, it's out there in the miasma, okay. Trav. Well, he's got a series that's going to be on First We uh, First We Feast, and it's called Tacos con Toto. Wait, is, is Hot Ones on First We Feast? It might be. I don't know. Maybe that's why I know what it is. It might be. But now I think Hot Ones is on network well, TV. There's too, a but. there's a game show now, okay. which I'm... The guy, the guy who is the 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 hot ones guy, like he's a really good interviewer. I don't mm-hmm. know about game show host. Yeah, I don't know. I know he's really smart. I've seen him on that. I really the like hot show. Ones. I've I've watched a bunch of those. I think it's a really great series. So Jesus, he's the one that took me to get uh, those tacos at Leo's Tacos. The oh, yeah. the really good ones that I, I kept talking about. He's got a series on First We Feast that's going to start. February twenty fifth. I don't. I think it's gonna be weekly. I'm pretty sure, but it's called Tacos con Toto, which means tacos with everything in Spanish. And he's gonna have comedians. He's gonna go like. There's one episode where he goes with Joey Diaz, and um, uh, I, I think he's gonna have Polly Shore on one. He's got Gabriel Iglesias on one. Uh, all sorts of different comics. So. And they're going to the best taco places in L.A. So oh, cool. check that out. If you're into any kind of food stuff or any type of comedian stuff, he's a friend of mine. I've known him for like seven years, and he's a great dude. So you know, support him. Watch that. Give it a good review. That's all. Well, that's really cool. You <laughs> said tacos. I'm really excited to watch like it myself. Tacos. No, 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 no. Here's no, a place it's not a zucchini taco. In Salt Lake, oh, <laughs> tacos with miasma. Yeah, there's a place in Salt Lake you can get cricket tacos. Yeah, I mean, if it had the right toppings on it, maybe I'd try it. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But yeah, check that out. Anyway, any any shows you're upcoming? Um, still the barbalacan. I'm doing I'm doing a moose lodge this weekend. Oh, that should be fun. The Gump. The Gump. Yep. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm doing the Vicky Barblack. <laughs> Vicky Barblack at uh, Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club March 10th, and then I, th- I think that weekend I'm doing 
like a fireman's ball or maybe it's like a prom fireman's prom i don't know he's the guy texted me the other day and he said prom and i was like i thought it was the fireman's, fireman's ball. prom anyway i'm doing like 30 minutes at that thing so if you're a fireman in utah come to that <laughs> go for it it should be interesting i was like 30 minutes is a long time in that kind of situation but if that's what you want you're the one paying me so our, our opening and closing hymns is uh some music from blue wave theory we are very appreciative for the usage on that yeah thanks appreciate it appreciate you yep. i looked over that direction like i was looking at them <laughs> you, were, you, were you looking some beefers over there? Yeah, I was looking big old beefers. All right. Well, uh, unless you got anything else, Travis. You I can't think up? of anything. I'll think of eight things as soon as I hit stop. But. All right. Well, uh, four beefers everywhere. And I really <laughs> I really mean that. I'm a beefer guy. For beefers everywhere. I mean, I don't mean. dislike a rump roast, but I really love a beefer. Uh, well, hey, look. Or, I, actually, I like two of them. I'm, I'm not opposed to one. Or three would be, uh, I don't know. I like Interesting. A, I like a surf and turf. <laughs> so for Beefers Everywhere, this has been Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. And I'm Travis Tate. And better Tate than never, Beefers. <laughs>